Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for hyperlocal news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. We have a couple of news updates. The Massachusetts Department of Conservation and Recreation has announced its 2019 Mass Trails Grant Awards, and there's good news for Belmont, which is receiving $150,000 for design work on phase one of the community path. And for those who don't remember, phase one will connect the Fitchburg cutoff bike path at Brighton Street with the Clark Street pedestrian bridge near Belmont Center. The grant is one of 71 projects funded by Mass Trails this year. The Board of Selectmen also is seeking three resident volunteers to serve on the planning board and two to serve on the Zoning Board of Appeals. Preferred qualifications for both boards are similar and could include urban or institutional planning, community development, architecture, landscape architecture, civil or agricultural engineering, commercial property assessment and development, construction management, and law. For any questions about appointments to these two boards and the process, you can call the Town Administrator's Office at 617-993-2610 or email selectman at belmont-ma.gov. To apply, you can visit the town website. And now we have some local sports news for you. Both of Belmont High School's boys and girls rugby teams have won their respective state championships. Congratulations to both teams. Jeremy Meserve also has some highlights for us. And again, the ball comes out to the Belmont backs to have some space. Nice move. Nice move. Beautiful stiff Belmont line, a little nice. grub kick through. Beautiful kick. Putting good pressure on LS. Good tackle. Yes, Beautiful pressure by But again, Christelle with the ball from Lincoln Sudbury breaks the tackle. Chased by Maddie. Not going to be caught. No. Belmont rucks well, cleans it up, gets it to the outside. They have players, they have players. Yes. Gains a few extra meters. And the ball comes out again, Went goes backwards. backwards. No knock on, cleaned well by Belmont. Grace handles well. Nice. Yes, beautiful. Becca, strong, driving ahead. Penalty advantage for Belmont. Offside, presumably against Lincoln Sudbury. They go quick and... Nice hit. Belmont defense coming up strong. Might be over. Find the outside, the number 14 for Lincoln Sudbury. Is gonna score the try. End of the game. One point game, but we were wrong. That's the end of the game. <laughs> that kick does it. Thank goodness we were wrong on that one, David. And the Belmont 
girls are again state champions in varsity rugby for the third consecutive year. Yeah. Must be offside. Yep. And offside is called. Quick ball. There's Sam. And again, prep with a big push. But the ball won, struck well by Belmont. John Campbell yes. in for the try. And it's through. It is. Right. We'll, we'll get, get back clear to you in a second. That, folks. John, beautiful move. Beautiful move. Taken well there. There's Paul. Good groundwork. Good. Moves the ball ahead. Sam Harris back inside to Chris Lynch, who breaks the line and is in for the try for Belmont. John with the conversion attempt. So deliberate knock on, deliberate knock on. Tap, go, and. Oh, looks good right on the goal line, Belmont. There's Ethan. That's really good kick. Beautiful kick. The caller, don't lose it, Belmont. So the time is now done. There's the kick. And there it is. The Belmont Marauders are state champions. Belmont High, please come forward to accept your championship trophy. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian, and welcome back, Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian. Um, Franklin, how are you? Just fine, thank you. All right, so we have a couple of interesting updates this week, starting with rugby. Yes, uh, uh, Belmont is rugby town, Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, both the uh, boys and girls won Division I championships. Uh, the girls won a, uh, it, it, it was, a, it, it seemed a lot tighter than it was. They, they mm -hmm. really, they, they won the game in the, in the second half. It was 27-26, um, but uh, it wasn't that close. The closer game was the boys game uh -huh. where they beat uh, St. John's Prep uh, and, in a great, very hard uh, fought str struggle. And it was, and it came down to kicking and also uh, rugby IQ. Uh, Belmont just had a better plan going into okay. the game. Both teams. So mm -hmm. so um, third year in a row for the girls and the first uh, state championship for the boys. Well, that's wild. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, so so let's also talk about traffic. Um, that, that's right. Let's talk a little bit about traffic. Uh, the Traffic Advisory Committee um, uh, met uh, this week uh, concerning um, Common Street. Mm -hmm. uh, Common Street in the next couple of uh, weeks, the next two weeks, will start to be repaved. And, it, and uh, the town thought it was a good time to think about maybe putting bike lanes on both sides of Commonwealth, uh, on, on Common Street, as both a uh, calming, uh, calming to the traffic to slow the traffic down, mm -hmm. and also to give uh, more prominence towards biking in the area. Now, now, it's funny, I was just thinking that, that you know, if the traffic could get any slower, <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not actually sure that it could sometimes, <laughs> but... Um, 
but but these are, these are all good things, um, and and a bike lane certainly is something that a lot of people have been thinking about. But um, so so what's happening on this? Well, what happened is that uh, a number of neighbors came in uh, to the meeting, and uh, this is the second meeting that they've taught, uh, that the town has held for the uh, for that uh, for that proposal, uh, and they came in and, and basically said that if you took away their uh, parking in front of their house, uh, it would be a detriment to their everything in their life basically you know it would, it would be a detriment to having their uh, elderly friends come over because they can't have anywhere to park because they're they have very narrow driveways and uh, their the furniture people can't come every every year to uh, bring furniture um, and they basically just said look you know what we should do is um, uh, right now we should just be aware of bikes you know put down um, what what they have in towns such, such as uh, uh, Cambridge and in um, Watertown uh, little uh, chevrons uh, where it says you know please be aware of bikes along the roadway um, one of the people, one, one, one of the members, not to be as effective as no, dedicated bike lanes. Not at all. In fact, one of the members of the uh, traffic advisory committee said it was Pollyannish for them to think that bikes and, and cars will, will will somehow be be kind and, and respectful for each other. He thinks right. that that lane should be more involved. Uh, so what happened is that. Uh, there will not there will not be uh, a bike lane on Commonwealth Avenue, but in many ways uh, a common uh, common street. Uh, but in many ways, the the traffic advisory committee is also thinking of long term and thinking of more of a holistic approach towards bike lanes. Seeing if there's uh, ways of of getting people off main streets like mm -hmm. uh, Concord Avenue and places like that, and use maybe some of the side streets for um, for uh, bicycle traffic to uh, major hubs in, in the town, such as Cushing Square up to uh, Belmont Center. So for those that may not understand the process, is this a relatively final kind of decision? Not really. Uh, what, what, what they wanted to do is because, they, uh, like I said before, they're, they're uh, uh, they're repaving um, uh -huh. uh, Common, uh, Common Street, so they wanted just to have some kind of um, so something there while they're doing that. But it could come back in in the future okay. uh, if if they can plan it out a little bit better. Um, even the people of the of the uh, traffic advisory committee said that Common Street may have not have been the best uh, okay. um, uh, place to to do bike lanes. Okay, and so um, also quickly, so there there's been some some there's. there's been some sort of neighborhood uh, um, opposition to some planned improvements um, up around Marsh Street and, and the Belmont Hill School. That's right, from from uh, basically Park Avenue down to the uh, circle in front of the Belmont Hill School. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a big meeting tonight. It's It seems like this would be just uh, something that should be approved uh, pretty easily. Uh, the town isn't paying any money to it. Uh, it's basically being uh, done by state and federal money and uh, from the Belmont Hill School. But I understand that neighbors are going to be coming out tonight on Thursday. This is Thursday. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to protest uh, for some reason, maybe that they have now, they have Belmont Hill that they can uh, up on stage and now they can try to negotiate something there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Franklin, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you. All right. Welcome to this week in the Citizen Herald. And we're joined by Joanna Juvelis. Uh, senior multimedia journalist with the Citizen Herald. So welcome back, Joanna. How are you? Hi, welcome back to you too, Mike. Oh, I've been gone for a while. I know. So uh, today we're talking about, first of all, the, the police chief search. Um, yes. So, so w what's, what's the process from here on out? Well, 
In case anybody needs a reminder, Police Chief Richard McLaughlin is retiring the end of this year, as yeah. of December 31st. Mm -hmm. So the police, there's a search on for a new police chief. And what the select board are doing is they hired an outside consultant. They interviewed three applicants and they chose Grew White. Grew White mm -hmm. is the same outside consultant that was used to hire town administrator Patrice Garvin as well as Belmont Light General Manager Chris Roy. Okay, so the town's got a little bit of a track record with this firm. Yes, and they were also the lowest bidder out of the three bidders. Oh, that's it was like 11,000. Mm -hmm. And they appointed a 10 member search committee. Mm -hmm that will also work with this outside consultant and people on the committee, there's a COA rep, Council on Aging rep, uh -huh. Marianne Scali. Mark Palillo. Mark Palillo is on it. Wendy Murphy, legal mm -hmm. analyst, is on it. There's a PTO rep, Raymond Johnson. There's a principal, Mike McAllister, Patrice mm -hmm. Garvin is on it. I can't remember all 10 at this time, but it's, 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 you know, it's been appointed and they're gonna work together and what they're going to do, it's a two-part process. First, they're going to search internally for applicants. Once right. the job is posted, they're going to see who applies internally. And they hope, you know, if they get at least two qualified internal candidates to choose from, then they won't do an outside church search. But if they don't get those qualified candidates, then they will go to part two, which is to do an outside nationwide search. We'll okay. see what ends up happening. Yeah, so it's it's interesting, and um, you know, one wonders whether we've got enough time before before the chief retires. Um, oh yes, they're gonna. Th that's why they're starting now. Okay. There's a lot going on in the summer. I mean, you you think things slow down in this town because people go away, but the governing doesn't stop. Okay. So and I can't get a break. No, <laughs> it's okay. The news cycle doesn't stop. That's right. So the Cushing Square Starbucks is reopening. Yes, that's that's a little bit of news. Uh -huh. um, yep. June 28th is the date that I was told they are reopening. Mm -hmm. They got their occupancy permit. And when you drive by the site on Trapello Road, that's where the entrance is going to be. It's on the left side of the building when you're facing it on Trapello Road. Mm -hmm. There's a parking lot adjacent to where the Starbucks is. It's that whole side of the building. It's a long, narrow space. Okay. I got to peek inside. They wouldn't let me take pictures, but you know, there's going to be outdoor seating. Mm -hmm. It'll be very convenient. You can park your car out, most likely one of those outdoor spaces, run in, get your coffee. But then there'll be people who will probably park themselves there all day and do work. But, but that's what the fascination is with Starbucks and all these other little coffee shops. And let's hope it, it brings more business to the businesses that have been there a long time, waiting for this development to open as well right. as so, as so well some as the, um, some of those businesses. businesses that have experienced a little bit of a slowdown right. dur during the construction phase yes. and and so this could help turn things around also important to note the rest of the building the Winslow it's called is uh -huh. not going to be open until I was told the end of this year okay because they want to get the other building done they want to open two buildings simultaneously mm -hmm. for residents so tune in for that okay and then one uh, more piece of news yeah the intergenerational path at Grove Street yes this this is a long time coming uh -huh. intergenerational walking path at Grove Street Park CPA funds were approved for that 780,000 last a, a year. year ago right? yes construction is going to start in July for this walking path it's like a six foot six foot wide ADA accessible walking path it'll have trees along the way for shade benches to rest and socialize they're also adding batting cages, which will be donated from Belmont Youth Baseball. Oh, and there's great. a groundbreaking, July 15th at 10 a.m. 
So, so that's that's good to know, and um, I, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to, um, you know, the, the the new intergenerational path. It's been a long time coming. That's and, for sure. And, and the bid, I was told the contractor uh, bid a little bit lower, so maybe there'll be some extra money to go back into the CPA. The oh, project nice. is looking like it's coming in lower. Well, thank you so much, Joanna. You're welcome. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks, Mike. Okay. The annual Payson Park Music Festival launched Wednesday, J June 19th, with an appearance by the Ultra Vibes Band. The weekly concerts will run every Wednesday evening until late August. Joanna Jubilus was there at the season's concert kickoff and talked with the music festival's founder, Tommy Olson. I am the founder and producer of this series. This is the 29th year. We're going for 30. I want to welcome everyone who's new, everyone who's been here before. We have 11 con evening concerts starting tonight and going through August 28th. If you look on the website, www.ppmf.org, you'll see the evening concerts. They're for family entertainment starting 6.45 or 6.30 as we get to August. In July, we have four kitty concerts starting at 10.30 on Friday mornings, um, starting July 5th. Thank you guys for coming out to Payson Park tonight. We are Ultra Vibes. <laughs> Um, the fact that it's easy for families to get to. Uh, they can get, it's situated in the middle of the week, before people go to the Cape, after they've come back from the Cape. Something to do, easy, you don't have to uh, uh, do anything except maybe make your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or buy a pizza. The kids can play in the parks. It's just easy. It's meant to be family entertainment. It is something that I've always believed this brings a community together of every age, color, race, denomination. And so my family and I have supported a band every year since it started to make sure that this keeps going. Plus, I love working with Tommy. Now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters. Jane tells us about all of the interesting things happening in Belmont this week. Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for the next two weeks. Budding artists are invited to the library on Monday from 10.30 to 11 a.m. to decorate the front walk with chalk. Chalk is provided, just bring your imagination. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs blood. You can donate blood at the Beach Street Center on Tuesday anytime between 2.30 and 7.30. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcrossblood.org and enter sponsor code BEACH to schedule your appointment. The Mystic River is home to a wide variety of wildlife and has been the center of many restoration projects. 
Teens ages 14 and up can explore the River by Kayak with Habitat Education Center and Wildlife Sanctuary on Wednesday. Registration by phone or mail is required for this program. Online registration is not available. Learn more about this program by visiting massaudubon.org. Head to Payson Park on July 3rd for Tommy's All-Stars and on July 10th for a Chinese music ensemble performing as part of the Payson Park Music Festival. Both concerts begin at 645. And on Friday, the whole family can enjoy the first kitty concert of the festival at 10.30 a.m. with Baby Wiggle. Kids can try their hand at needle felting at the library on Monday, July 8th from 2 to 4. Needle felting is a craft where, by stabbing a piece of wool with a needle, you can create soft sculptures. The library will have the supplies and instructions to make a wool cactus or other succulent with this technique. Time and money are invariably in tension with everyone's desire to be happy. Create more time for what brings joy at the Beach Street Center on Tuesday, July 9th at 1.15. Discover greater happiness per dollar and understand the basis of informed decisions. Do you want to learn how to tell compelling stories or gain confidence as a public speaker? Anyone 14 and up can try Belmont Books' live storytelling workshop with TJ Reynolds, the first place winner from the store's very first Story Slam. This workshop takes place on Thursday, July 11th at 7 p.m. Sign up at belmontbooks.com. July's Bookworm Club at Belmont Books meets on Saturday, July 13th at noon. This month's book, The Color of My Words, explores the pain and poetry of discovering what it means to be part of a family, what it takes to find your voice, and what it means for it to be heard. Local author and teacher Sarah Marie Jett will be leading the meeting and discussing the craft and reading like a writer. Learn more at belmontbooks.com. And BMC's monthly open mic takes place on Saturday, July 13th from noon to 4 p.m. Join us in enjoying local talent from musicians, poets, singers, songwriters, and more. BMC will be hosting an open house during the event. If you are a performer who would like to take your act to the stage, you can sign up at bit.ly slash openmicbelmont. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your info to jane at belmontmedia.org. If you'd like to get involved in the show or have news or community updates, please contact our producer, Frederic Rigolo at fred at belmontmedia.org. Also, just a reminder for the 4th of July holiday, be sure to have fun, but also be safe. And we also will be taking a hiatus for one week, so keep that in mind if you're looking for the next edition of the Belmont Journal. That's all for now. I'm Mike Crowley, and we'll see you next time.